1946, Texarkana was gripped in fear when their city was under attack from the Phantom Killer, a name given to an unknown killer by the media. In the span of a sh- in the span of short four months, he claims the lives of five and leaves three seriously wounded. People stayed inside, locked their doors, and kept weapons by their nightstands in fear of this unknown killer. Yet, his true identity is still unknown to this day. Today, we're tackling the Phantom Killer, or, as his crimes are more widely known, the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Welcome to the Ghastly Gals. I'm Justina. I'm Alyssa. And this week is a true crime episode. So I guess before we start, we have an announcement for you guys. We oh, yeah, have decided to yeah, drop down to one episode a week. And this episode will now be on Wednesdays. We felt like, you know, if we were only doing one episode, we'd be able to give you better quality episodes if we were able to just focus on one, I guess. So yeah, Ghastly Gals is now a once a week Wednesday episode and... We don't really have, I guess, like a schedule for like paranormal, true crime. It'll just be whatever. We'll just mix it up sometimes. Yeah. Okay. This is the story I've been wanting to tell you. I saved it all day so that I could tell it to you on the podcast. doesn't have anything to do with like the phantom murders. But this morning, I wake up. (laughs) I wake up and I hear like my dresser drawers opening and closing pretty loudly. Demon? So my... So my first thought is, oh, my God, Jeff is so annoying. I can't believe he's being so loud right now. Like, I'm trying to sleep because I sleep with an eye mask on. So my eyes are covered when I wake up. And then, you know, I'm sitting there starting to get pissed. And I'm like, I'll just go back to sleep. And then it clicks with me. Wait a second. That can't be Jeff because he's laying next to me in bed. Like, I feel him, like, squirm and move. And then it's like, I'm literally paralyzed in fear because I'm like, well, this was is it. Your it. Fat Jeff ass forgot cat, to lock the bro. back door. Was it your fat no, ass cat? No, okay. So, no, I literally open up my eyes. Like, I take a deep breath. I rip my eye mask off and I look and there's nothing. Like, the room is still. Nothing's happening. So that I'm like, and I look at my dog because I'm like, dogs and cats can, like, see ghosts and shit. So I was like, I guess if it was, like, an intruder, Luna, like, my dog would be... I mean, on alert, if it but was, she was knocked. No, but even if it was a demon, Luna would be losing her shit. But that's what I thought. But then I roll over and I grab my phone and I go to, like, play something so that I can fall back asleep. And it's 3.05 in the morning. And I wake Jeff up and I'm like, Jeff, 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 Jeff. And he's like, what? And I'm like... Okay, what my you, question like, for you is... <laughs> What the fuck have you been doing to get a demon in your house, bro? You always yell at me not to bring demons to your house. When I go to Zach Bagan's museum, you can't get mad at me for bringing a demon to your house because there's (laughs) already one there. Well, I figure it can't be that bad because nothing ever really happens. Like, I've never felt, like, uncomfortable in my home or heard anything or seen anything. So I'm like, maybe um, my dresser is just haunted and I should throw it away when I move. No, you know... Maybe it's a the ghost of uh, C.C. Tinsley. Oh my god, I literally hope so. 
He's like, listen, man, I heard you said some nice things about me. I just want to let you know I'm here. <laughs> oh, thank God. Now I feel much safer now that my house is under the protection of our Lord and Savior, CCT. <laughs> <laughs> Not Christopher Columbus. <laughs> so for starters, Texarkana, it, it's really weird. It's technically two cities. So there's a city in Texas called Texarkana. I don't even know what we're talking city. about today. <laughs> I know. It's it's good. I've heard a I, lot about it before. I, like, it's been covered on... <laughs> <laughs> I stopped to let you talk. <laughs> I in literally case, heard... In case Wait, you're going to edit this out... Justina had her door closed, and she said that her cat kept hitting her door, so she went to go open her door, and there's nothing there. Guys, the demon's real. Okay, let's go back to Texarkana. Texarkana is technically, like, two cities, I guess. So, there's a city in Texas that is called Texarkana, but then right next to it, in Arkansas... There's another city called Texarkana. So they're technically like two separate cities because they're in two separate states. But I think they're all governed by like Who one thing. It's very it? weird. Who? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Anyways, just continue. And then there's also a film that's, yeah, there's a film that's based off of all of these. And it's called The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which came out in 1976. And they made, like, a remake or a sequel or something about it in 2014. But, you know, I've obviously never seen either of those. And they also loosely slay that, you know, the urban legend, The Hook? Oh, yeah, I do. Like, where you're on Lover's Lane or whatever. And then you hear on the radio that the maniac escaped. Yeah, and they gut you, bro. You'll know him by his hook. Yeah, and he scraped against your car. Yep. So they say that it's loosely based off of these crimes. Although I don't know why, because the Phantom Killer didn't use a hook. <laughs> I have heard about this case. Then you're bringing back memories. Mm-hmm. Now I know where now I know where this is going. So now I take you to February twenty second of nineteen forty six. James or Jimmy, as he's known, Hollis, who was twenty five, and Mary Jean. Larry, who was 19, were together on what was known as a lover's lane at the time. They were 25 and 19. Quick maths. Six, right? (laughs) Quick maths. (laughs) That's six, right? Yeah. Who's six years older than me? Uh, Like Harry Styles, about... Yeah, so that's not, like, too bad of an age difference, I guess. Nah, because I want to bang Harry Styles, so I approve of six-year age gap. So, a flashlight shined into their car, like, so they're sitting in their cars on Lover's Lane, and then a flashlight starts, like, beaming into the car on their eyes, and they were very quickly forced out of the car by gunpoint. By gunpoint? Wait, which way was the flashlight coming in through? I'm not sure about that. I'm assuming maybe the driver's side door. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bless you. 
And then he like showed him the gun. I'm not I'm not quite sure. I just know that they were forced out of the car by like gunpoint. This is the 40s, so there's not like a ton of details, obviously. The man then forced Hollis to strip and then brutally attacked him with the flashlight. He beat Hollis so savagely that his skull actually cracked. And for a short time after this, Hollis was in a coma. So he like savagely beat uh, Jimmy Hollis. The attacker then instructed Larry to run. She did, but he chased after her because she was in heels. So it's not like she was really, you know, gaining a lot of ground. She didn't take off her heels. Once, I'm assuming she didn't have time. You know, like after he was beating Hollis, he looked at her and he goes, run. So she just took off, you know, and he caught up to her. And when he did, he sexually assaulted her with the barrel of his gun. Luckily, they both managed to survive this attack. But when telling police their story, their versions were different, which initially created a big problem for the police. Because Hollis, obviously, couldn't remember much. He described the assailant as a young white man. Larry, on the other hand, described him as a tall black man who wore a white hood with the eyes and the mouth cut out. And that was that was it. That was all that they had on him. Okay. I don't know. That's hard because, like, I kind of, like, I feel like Larry would be more reliable because she could remember more. And I feel like he was more Mm -hmm. in her personal space longer than he was with his. So the next attack occurred about a month, a month, about a month later on March 24th. Richard Griffin, 29, and Polly Ann Moore, 17, were the next victims. They, unfortunately, are the first known murder victims of the Phantom Killer. And once again, they were found, like, on a secluded area of a lover's lane. A car had driven by... Sorry, I had to scroll down. I'm an idiot. A car had driven by theirs, at first not really suspecting anything, because I'm assuming it was, like, normal to see cars on lover's lanes. But I guess something in his gut told him it was weird and to stop. So they parked their car, and they walked over to Griffin's car. And this is where they found Griffin on his knees between the front seats, his head resting in his hands, and his pockets had been turned inside out. Where in the car was he? In between the two front seats, like on his knees. But cars were also built very differently back then. This is the 40s, so. I'm trying to picture... What that would look like. Yeah, but you also have to think of how different cars were back then. I know, I'm trying to picture what the car is set up like. Is that really important? Yes! (laughs) Like, what do you mean? (laughs) So, yeah, he was found on his knees, like, in the front seats, his head resting in his hands, and his pockets had been turned inside out. Moore was found sprawled out in the back seat. And they had both been shot in the back of the head at least once. Police found some blood about like 20-ish feet away from the car. And they believed that it was Moore's. 
So they think for some reason she was killed outside of the car and then placed back in. You think she, like, tried to run? That's what I am assuming, yeah. I'm assuming maybe the same thing happened to them as the couple before. Yeah. And then she tried to book it. Um, they also found bullets at the scene from a 32 caliber pistol. And once again, tons of leads came in, but nothing amounted to anything. Flash forward to April 13th, which is a month later. So these attacks are getting, you know, frequent there every month. And this is when the third attack occurred. Paul Martin, 16, and Betty Joe Booker, 15. Martin had been shot four times, once in the right hand, once in the face, once in the back of the neck, and then once in the back. But, okay, those are very random. (laughs) So, yeah, we don't really know much about... How do you get a shot in the hand? Like this. Like, as (laughs) someone goes to shoot you and you put your hand forward... It's just going to go through your hand and hit you. Yeah, but your first response is to just block it. With your hand? <laughs> it's a bullet. <laughs> well, if you're if the gun's being pointed in your face, I don't think your first okay. thought is, like, logic. My it's like, oh, shit, I want to live. If there's a gun in my face, is to go like this. <laughs> well, it would be for me. If somebody came at me to stab me, I'd be like, yeah, and I'd throw both my arms up. Like It's because I think I'd be, like, okay. Say if someone was trying to mug me mm-hmm. and had a gun pointed in my face, I probably, mm-hmm. I'd like to say that I would dodge it, but you I think I'd be too scared. Dude, I should really learn karate. <laughs> Juice, or fucking, what's it called? Jiu- Jiu-jitsu? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I, good <laughs> pronunciation. Perfect. <laughs> Literally spot on. I feel like you. <laughs> Booker was found about 25 yards away in a secluded wooded area, fully clothed. She had been shot once in the chest and once in the left side of her face. And there was also evidence that she had been assaulted in the same way as Miss Moore, which meant sexually assaulted with the assailant's gun. And there were also bullets found at this crime scene that matched the Griffin crime scene a 32 caliber colt from a pistol i don't know gun things gun lingo (laughs) yes 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 just gun things (laughs) the fourth and final attack was really different than the rest i mean i thought it was kind of weird that they even categorized this because it basically has almost no similarities like whatsoever between The first three in this one, but they still say that this is the work of the Phantom Killer. So a month later, on May 3rd, Virgil and Katie Stark, 37 and 36, were enjoying a night in their home. And then out of nowhere, two bullets came crashing through a window, striking Virgil in the head, killing him instantly. And when Katie heard this, his wife, she, you know... Uh, she knew that he was dead. Like, when he slumped over, like, she knew that was it. So she runs to the phone. And keep in mind, they had, like, the crank phones, too. So it's not like you could just dial 911. Like, you had to, like, wind that shit up or whatever. She saw that bitch fold and she went, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, so she runs to the phone and she's like, oh, my God, I have to call the police. Like, there's somebody at my house that just murked my husband. And 
she, I think they said she got like two turns in or whatever. Like she had almost dialed the number and then two more bullets went ringing through the house. Both of them struck her in the face. Like, um, when I was reading about the crime scene, there was like blood and teeth all over the floor because it had like gone through her (gasps) jaw. Like she got shot in the face twice and then this badass bitch who just got shot in the face twice, like blood everywhere. You know what? I, she can't see yeah. anything because everything's all bloody. She tries to go for the family gun because she's a badass. And then that's how I aspire to be. But then she hears the assailant trying to break in through the back door. Like she hears like the screen starting to be peeled. Yeah. So she said, fuck this. And she ran out the front door and she ran to a neighbor's house. And she survived. And they called the police. And, like, they brought her to the hospital and she survived. Dude, that's insane. I know. I Like, she literally heard him coming and then ran. Like, literally booked it. Okay. So the killer was obviously long gone from their house by the time that police arrived. Because I'm sure once he broke into the house, realized she wasn't there, he was like, whoops, gotta go. Yeah. He left... Basically, almost nothing. They found a red and black flashlight that was by the shrubbery of the window where the bullets had rung out from. And the police had actually taken a picture of it and posted it in the newspaper, hoping that somehow somebody would identify the flashlight. But like every other attempt of theirs, nothing. Um, They also found some bullets at the scene. But like I said before, there's not that much in common because it's from a totally different type of gun. It was a 22 caliber not a instead of a 32. Oh. Or a 23. 23. Or was it a 32? I, <laughs> I don't know. See how much we know about guns? <laughs> well. But it was a different gun. <laughs> now it's 32, not 23. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they also found like some bloody footprints and some like smudged bloody fingerprints but none of that like i think they were too smudged for them to make anything out of yeah and at this point you drank too much yeah oh (laughs) bryson i'm working buddy i'm working i love you i love you too buddy you, you keep this in when I'm done working, okay? You better keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my pillow fort or my blanket fort is a fortress. Yes, yes. I'll have to have my husband take a picture next time I record and post it on the Instagram to show you guys that I literally have to take a blanket and drape it over my monitors and over my chair so that I have a little like sound booth so that I'm not as echoey. So, by by this point, there's been four attacks within four months, February, March, April, and then May were the Starks. So, the people of Texarkana are in, like, a full-blown panic. Like, I guess gun sales had gone through the fucking roof. Like, they were selling so many guns. People were booby-trapping their homes. People weren't going out once the sun went down. Like, it was, like, all booby of Booby-trapped Texarkana. their house how like ron swanson booby trap (laughs) probably like i'm not even kidding i read that like people who couldn't afford security systems would literally booby trap like i picture like those strings that you put the cans on so if the front door opens they make the wires from minecraft (laughs) yeah i picture those um 
So now we can go on to the suspects, because like I said before, to this day, we still have literally no idea who the Phantom Killer was. So one suspect at first was, his name was Henry Booker Tennyson, but people called him Duty. He was a student at the University of Arkansas, which can I tell you, have you ever seen that TikTok where the girl's looking at the map and she goes, why does America have Kansas? But then this one is called Arkansas instead of Arkansas. And now every single time that I read the word Arkansas, I'm like, yes, Arkansas. Yes, yes. I always forget about certain states. Yeah, me too. There are so many ones that are just not relevant to like, us. It's basically when you say all Arkansas, the When you say Arkansas, I'm like, damn, I haven't heard that state since I was like in third grade. I don't even know where <laughs> Arkansas is. Like, me I know either. it's by Texas, but where? <laughs> Isn't it like to the right of Texas a little bit? Or is it on the left? <laughs> I don't know. It's either on the left or the right. <laughs> So, in his suicide note, this is duty, he had confessed to killing Betty Joe and Paul Martin, and he had also confessed to attacking the Starks. What, his nickname or Bryson screaming in the background? <laughs> his nickname. Yeah, they literally called him duty. Like, D-O-O-D-I-E. <laughs> well, yeah, Why? so he behind... I don't know. Maybe he, like, shit his pants in third grade and never lived it down. Oh, my God. Every single time you say, like, duty, I think of bum. (laughs) So, yeah, he had left behind a suicide note that confessed to killing Betty Jo, Paul Martin, and attacking the Starks. But... It was weird because when police interviewed his friends and families, one of his friends had said that Duty had been with him all night long, the night of the Starks. Like, there was no way. Like, they heard about the Starks being attacked at the same time. They were together. So, obviously, he didn't commit that crime. Yeah. And then his brother said that... Copycat? He... His brother also told police, like Duty's brother, that Duty had read too many comic books, and that's why he had falsely confessed in a suicide note. So, so basically, we just need to ever die. Um, anything we say uh, is just hearsay. Is, yeah, it's probably not true. So, many people came forward throughout the years confessing to the crimes, but there's never been like definitive proof or enough to, you know, name who it was, which is gross because why do people falsely confess? Like, I don't to get understand. attention. It's called being an attention seeker. But it's like, you could do literally anything else for attention. You could do literally anything. Literally. <laughs> you could do literally anything. <laughs> like, you could go streaking. You could, like, I mean, I don't think you should commit crimes to get attention. Like, there are way what? more ways to get attention. Like what? That are actually successful. Um... <laughs> I don't know, you could do something productive with your life and get noticed for it. Like, come up with the cure for cancer. Come out um, with a new video Do you know game. how much work that is? People want to get recognized easily and fast. Well, listen, that just sucks to be them, dude. Like, if you want to go down in history, you have to do something that's worthy of you going down in history, not falsely confessing, because none of these people's names are even relevant anymore because it wasn't them. So it's like, congratulations, asshole. Like, nobody remembers you. Bye. 
Well, the most commonly believed killer was a man by the name of, I'll probably butcher this, U.L. Lee Swinney. So his first name is literally Y-O-U-E-L-L. So like Yule, maybe? Yeah. So he was a pretty locally known criminal. He was basically known for like he was a car thief in his life. Like the Pontiac Bandit? (laughs) Yes, he he is the Pontiac Bandit. (laughs) So his wife, Peggy Swinney, Sweeney, whatever, she was arrested on June 28th, 1946 for a stolen car. Yule and Peggy had recently gotten married and their honeymoon was them literally running around and just stealing cars and like going on road trips, like super romantic. I mean, like, I've never heard anything sweeter. (laughs) I want something like that. (laughs) So two weeks later, they had apprehended Yule. When he was being brought to the station, he asked the officers a really weird question. And this is kind of what, like, put him on the radar. He, so I'm pretty sure they were driving into the station. And he looks at the officer and he goes, will they give me the chair? And the officer is like. Why would they give you the chair? Cars, bro. Yeah, like that wasn't a crime that was punishable by death. Like, why is he worried about getting the chair? And then out of nowhere, it seems, his wife Peggy, while being interviewed, was like, Oh yeah, my husband is the phantom killer. And they were like, What? And she gave the police some like incriminating stories, giving them some details that hadn't been made public. Like, some things that you could only know if you were at the crime scene or you had, like, insider knowledge or whatever. So then... Like, the uh, green or the red sweater. Yeah, so then they're trying to, like, get get it all together. They're going to charge Yule. Like, they think they finally have the phantom killer. And then Peggy's like, just kidding. I take it back. He's not. She's like, it was a prank. Prank, yeah. (laughs) Literally, she, she recants her confession And then she wasn't exactly a reliable witness either because she was a criminal. I bet they got into a fight and then she was like, what if my husband gets killed though? And they like made up and she's like, I was just kidding. Yeah. And then it's like, even if they did have a case, they don't have a case without Peggy because they don't have enough proof and spouses can't testify against spouses anyways. So I don't know how they were planning to go about this because even if she was a reliable witness, she can't testify against him. Like, yeah. if Jeff got charged with, mur- with like, murder, I can't testify against him. He could straight up tell me I did it, like, and give me proof. But because we're married, I couldn't tell the court. Isn't that crazy? That's just the way it is. You can't testify against Can the I? Yeah, you. if he told you, you could testify against him. Or even if we were just, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, you can testify against them. But once you're married, you can't do that See, anymore. See, this is why you don't get married. It's a trap. It really is. I'm just kidding, Jeff. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's going to listen to this. (laughs) No, he does not listen. Okay. So actually in February of this year, the FBI released this like big file named the Texarkana Phantom Moonlight Murders Archive, which holds more than 1,100 pieces of information connected to this case. It's like photographs, interviews, suspects. It's like everything that the FBI has on the Phantom Killer, they release to the public yeah. in hopes of, you know, maybe someone will recognize something. Let me guess, it didn't do shit. No, as of right now, there's still <laughs> nothing. 
But basically, everybody who worked on this case, anybody who knew anything, like who lived in town at the time, anybody who really had anything to do with these, believes that Yule and Peggy were the murderers. Dude, okay. I know most of the time we talk about how, like, police force mess everything up when Mm -hmm. it comes to cases. But imagine you aren't like that. Like, say you mm-hmm. actually are on a good force, and you're doing everything right. And you still and don't you catch And you still them. just don't close the case. Like, you I, don't catch the culprit. Like, I can't even imagine how frustrating that is, especially, like, if you know who it is, but you can't pin the person for it. That would keep me up at night. I don't think I'd be able to do a job like that. It would kill me not knowing, like, or not being able to serve justice. Because especially, too, there's a lot of cases where they know who it is and they have all the info, but it doesn't matter because, you know what I mean? Like, you can't pin them. Yeah, no, that that would literally kill me. I don't think I could do it. And that's it. Do you think, like, that? Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't that big of a case. That's ba- that's all that we know about it. Because the first couple, they lived but had two drastically different accounts of what the perpetrator looked like. Dude, and their the wives second, were, like, fucked for... That's what I mean. Like, the second and the third couple died. And then the fourth couple, the husband died, but Katie lived, but she never she saw him. She never saw him, yeah. And I don't even personally think that that was the phantom killer. I'm assuming I think it was just they just lumped asset. it in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we don't know anything. They collected some, like, DNA, but it was 1946. It's not like you yeah. could test that. And even now, if we did still have that DNA... It's useless if you don't have somebody to test it against. And Yule, I don't know when Peggy died, but I know Yule died of cancer in 1994. What kind of cancer? Oh, I don't know. It just said he spent, like, most of his life in and out of jail, or, like, in jail for the most part, and then he died of cancer in uh, the early 90s. And I didn't read anything about Peggy, so. See, he's not as good as the Pontiac Bandit, though, because he kept getting caught, bro. (laughs) I know, like, Doug Judy needs, like, Doug Judy and Yul Swinney should have met up, and... Doug would have showed him the robes, bro. Oh my god. Uh, what's her name? Trudy Judy? She's my favorite. (laughs) Do you you remember Doug's sister? Yeah. She's, um, she's Nicole from that show on Netflix, um... Ah, yes. It's like a, it's like a baking show. What's it called? Oh, are you talking about, um... Wait. It's a baking show on Netflix and she's like the host of it. Her name is Nicole something. Isn't I she love her. from she's like so Girl funny. Code? She is from Girl Code. Then I know who you're talking about. Oh, because I also forgot to mention a lot of people think that it was Yule because once he got put away, the crime stopped. stopped. Yeah. It was once him and Peggy were caught, there was no more Phantom Killers. It was just those four instances. Okay, but... But that also, I if think maybe they're that car might have thieves, just, why didn't they steal the cars? Because that would have definitely incriminated them. Because it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like Betty Jo Booker, or I think technically it was the men's cars in all of these situations. But it's like, oh, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so... Say, like, oh, my God, Paul Martin and Betty Jo Booker uh, were found dead last night. 
And then Yule or Peggy gets arrested two days later driving around Paul's car. It's like, okay, well, they clearly murdered them. If you, like, switch license plates or something. Yeah, but if it's the same make and model. Or even take the license plate off and, like, stuff the car somewhere until... Well, listen. Y'all forget about it. Yule and Peggy got caught. A lot. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, I guess they just weren't very good criminals. Wait, so do you think it was Yule and Peggy? Or whatever her name is? I do think, yeah, I do think it was Yule and Peggy. She knew a lot of details that weren't made public. And there's... A lot of times, like, unless you have somebody on the force who's, like, feeding you the information for no reason, it's like, how would Peggy have known about certain details if she wasn't there, you know? Yeah. But it's just weird because in the first case, I'm assuming, like, maybe Peggy was the mastermind behind it all. Because think about it. The first attack, he savagely, you know, beat... um. You're like, fuck, what's his name? (laughs) He, like, savagely beat Hollis and attacked Larry, but, um, but he didn't kill them. You know, he robbed them, he hurt them, but he didn't kill them. And then for the next two, he robbed them, he hurt them, and then he killed them. So I'm like, what if- Other one with a nice big age gap. Applaud. So what if- Peggy heard that Yule left them alive and then was like, you idiot, if you're going to be robbing people, you can't leave them alive. And then Peggy was there for the other two. Because like I said, I don't think the Starks were the phantom killer. And then Peggy was like, end them. Because she wasn't spotted at the first scene. They just described it as one man. So, but the other two couples did not live to. That's a pretty good theory. But that's also because I am very paranoid and very sketched out of things. I feel like that could be a possibility, or maybe it was, like, just someone else that was smart enough that mm. when Yule and Peggy got brought in was like, okay, it's time to stop. They think it's these people. I won't get caught, you know? But then I feel like, I don't know. I feel like most There's murderers, always the possibility. Once, once they get a taste for blood, they don't stop unless they're caught. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but think about, um, fuck, what's his name? Israel Keys. He waited so long in between killing people. I can't wait to do him. He is literally so evil. I know I that's know. like a weird sentence saying like, oh, I can't wait to cover him, but he's so it's evil. insane. He'll be, like, another big case, Dude, like, that our, um, video, like our toy box was. The video of that girl, what's her name, Hannah or whatever? I don't even remember from that case, but uh, the video footage of her getting basically kidnapped at her work still gives me chills. Yep. Man, yeah, that's scary. Yeah. So okay. yeah. Oh, and I pr- we probably should have put this at the beginning of the episode, but sorry if our audio sounds different from the first like 10, 15 minutes to now. As you know, it's Wednesday afternoon. We're recording this pretty late for you guys. Because I posted on Instagram. This, yeah, yesterday this morning we like about it. started to record, and then our stuff just like crashed and nothing worked. And yeah, it was, my like, computer literally, like shit the bed the audio got lost yeah we weren't 
Yeah, we. I was only able to save, I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes of the first episode. So this one, we just jumped right back in and picked up where we left off. So apologies if this episode's a little bit wonky. Um, yeah, and we're sorry that it got out late too. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with a new episode next Wednesday. And I guess you can wrap it up. You should follow us on Instagram at Ghastly Gals Podcast. Or shoot us an email at thegastlygals at gmail.com. And we have a Facebook page. We do. It's just called The Ghastly Gals on Facebook. Join it. Tell your friends. There's a private group and there's a public page. And there's a Twitter that no one follows that we should probably delete. <laughs> so if you have Twitter, I feel like a lot of people don't use Twitter. I don't really know. I feel like Twitter is Twitter. like outdated. I feel like Twitter is very much more like in between like high schoolers and even people like like 20. Like, yeah, I, feel I like- use Twitter, and I have a handful of friends that do, but besides two or three of my friends, I don't know anybody Even I don't really Twitter. go on Twitter that much. I only go on Twitter, like, for certain things. And we're in the midst of putting our website back up. Yeah, hopefully it's back up soon. We're working on it. Yeah, it was expensive. It was a pain in the butt. We had to, like, change websites. It's been a big, giant pain in the butt. But once we get it back up, we'll make an announcement because that's where we post our sources, which we haven't been able to do these last few episodes for you guys. But, yeah. Um, You can just... I have nothing to say. If you support (laughs) Doug Judy... (laughs) What do I usually say? It used to be leave us a five-star review, but I found out that that doesn't really matter to get on the algorithm, I guess. It's all based off of listens, so I guess it would be like, tell your friends. If you support Doug Judy, be a... Be... Be a... Don't be a dumbass like I am, and just tell people to listen to us, and... Give us suggestions and just... Yeah, we love suggestions. Support us. (laughs) I've gotten a few suggestions from friends. One really popular one that I've been recommended a lot is the Madeline McCann case. And that one's going to be big. And it's going to be a little bit hard for me. I typically avoid doing cases that have young, young kids in them because I do have an almost four-year-old. So it makes me makes me cry it it doesn't really affect me i ain't got no kids (laughs) (laughs) but i do so yeah uh so we'll eventually do her i have to mentally psych myself up you know gather all the information but maybe we'll do a paranormal next week or maybe we'll do a murder yeah i think we should do a paranormal one so if you have anything scary or freaky or anything scarier than the demon that now lives in my house oh my gosh like send us ghost stories Ooh, I would love that. I ooh, once it hits October, we have something super spooky planned for you guys. That'll so be so excited. much fun. So yeah, um, if you're still listening this late in the episode, then send us suggestions because we love to hear from you guys, and we just want to thank you all for your support every week. We're a small podcast; it's just the two of us. <laughs> we love to be here for you guys, and we love to do this. Yeah, support Doug Judy. 
for President 2020. Support C.C. Tinsley to, what's it called? Exercise the demon in my ghost. In my house. In my ghost house. In your house. ghost. <laughs> in my ghost. There's a ghost that lives here and there's a demon inside that ghost. So I need C.C. Tinsley to exercise the demon that lives in the ghost inside my house. Oh, gosh. So we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>